departing, y'all. I just wanna be hey. It seems like everywhere I go, everybody there trying to steal the show. So I'm here with my plan. I gotta let him be who I am. I wanna show that now it's our time. Today is my day to make you say day. Cause I'm getting my way. It's my time to shine and it's What's up, everyone? It's your boy Sanchez Four or Five coming at you. It is the On the Warpath podcast, y'all. Coming at you a little bit later. Was under the weather this week, so I'm sorry about that. We did post a video to YouTube on Thursday evening, uh, and just a heads up for draft night this upcoming Thursday, which I believe is the 26th. I'm looking at my calendar right. Yeah, it's the 26th. We will be doing a live stream of the draft. So that is the first round. Uh, all 32 picks, Amir and I, on YouTube. So you better check that out. We got a lot to talk about here today. First off being, we're going to talk about transactions week that was uh, for the Redskins the schedule was released on Thursday as well. I'll give you my input on that. Amir put together a seven-round draft, mock draft for the Skins, and we'll go over some of the players in that. And then a little poll was taken by the USA Today about everybody's favorite Allen. Uh, no, I'm not talking about Tim. I'm talking about Bruce. And... A little bit more. A little sugar on top. A little syrup on your ice cream. But big news coming out of Redskins Park. Uh, they did begin the off-season workout program. Looks like a lot of people were there. I think Norman was there. No, was he there? I'm not sure. Uh, I know DJ Swearinger was there. Uh, big Fat Rob, Chocolate Factory, R. Kelly. Uh, looks like uh, Lean Rob down. So uh, maybe he can get his act together. And... But the big news was Brandon Scherf out of Iowa, the fifth-round pick from uh, – not the fifth-round pick, but the number five pick in the 2015 draft for the Skins uh, signed his uh, fifth-year option. So they bring him back in 2019. They did pick up the option on him. And for the, those of you who don't know, everybody in the first round signs a four-year contract with an option for fifth. So back in, I believe it was 2016, the Redskins, uh, well, in 15, the Redskins didn't pick up the option for RG3. We know what the story is there, but uh, he signed a four-year contract, and that fifth year was the team's option, and they decided not to pick it up, but that's in the past. Uh, Sheriff has been a great addition to the team. He solidified that right side. Uh, at first, he was coming in as the right tackle, but he did struggle in training camp. But Bill Callahan worked with him. Uh, he is a man uh, who has that magic touch with these linemen, and I think that's one of the reasons why this offensive line, as many pieces that were put in there last year, stayed commendable. It was because of him. but. On the Brandon Sheriff, 
You know, he he was this guy out of Iowa. I think he was an Outland Trophy winner, maybe. And um, so he had some awards coming out there that heralded him to possibly be a uh, top five pick. There was a guy from USC who went to the Jets, and that was Leonard Williams. A lot of people said Washington needed help at defensive line. Yeah, we knew that. Uh, but they also needed offensive line help as well. And this might be a bit of a reach to get a possible guard to be your top pick in 2015. Well, I'm here to tell you it looks like it worked out. The guy's got two Pro Bowls. Um, had a couple of uh, injuries there last year, but he's going to be back. I think he's going to be stronger than ever and help Morgan Moses solidify that right side for the Bergen and Gold in 2018 and help protect now Alex Smith, uh, adding more to that defensive, uh, that offensive line. And I'll get into my thought. Well, even going back to that Leonard Williams thing, um, the guy has 12 sacks over his first three years as a starter in the NFL for the Jets. I, I don't know. I haven't seen him play. I'm just going off what's on paper. Um, I just think that that uh, is a little bewildering there. I think we saw him play once, and that was in 15, but that was in his rookie season. And also to add to that um, – Offensive line, Tony Bergstrom and Ty Insecki are coming back. Bergstrom, uh, Bergstrom signed a uh, one-year deal with the Skins last week. And also um, Ty Insecki, who is the backup left tackle. Well, he's at swing tackle. He can play left, right, and he can play inside at times. Signed his one-year tender uh, with the team to come back in 2018. So making the moves for that offensive line helped solidify that somewhere where we had a lot of injuries and looked like a mash unit. But really excited to see those guys coming back. Uh, they did start the offseason workout program. A lot of guys were there. And some new guys, uh, some old guys, and Alex Smith was ready to go. And, you know, he's gearing up for the 2018 season with – the Redskins. And I'm looking forward to it. But I'm going to take a break here. We're going to talk about the schedule coming up next. A lot of nooks and crannies here. We're on Thanksgiving again. And the most disappointing game of the 2018 season for Sanchez 405 coming up to you next here. It's the On the Warpath podcast. Right, we're back here. It's on Warpath Podcast, y'all. And I know Friday was April 20th. So, and you know, we, we know what April 20th is all about. We know what 420 is. I think these guys in Park Avenue who make up this NFL schedule, I think they like 422 because I, I think they, they took the bong in the blitz, uh, the smoke and a pancake, that devil's lettuce, that wacky tobacco, y'all, and putting a bye week in the first quarter of the season. Redskins play 
five of their first eight games at home. They've got a schedule sandwiched in there as well, where they're playing four out of five games in uh, the end of November into uh, late December on the road with a home game sandwich in there a little bit. But who am I to complain? I'm a fan. I'm a complain. But anyway, the season starts on September 7th. The, the whole shebang, Philadelphia at Arizona. Uh, not at Arizona, excuse me. Atlanta at Philadelphia where they'll get their rings and all that good stuff. But the Redskins path starts in the Valley of the Sun against the Arizona Cardinals. And we don't know if it's that worthless $20 million quarterback, Sam Bradford. Yes, he's worthless. I don't care what anybody says. You show me how many times he's been to the playoffs. And, yeah, that's right. You can't. I got nothing because he's got nothing. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be Mike Glennon. They overpaid backup from last year and with Chicago, who played so bad they had to put Mitch Trubisky in there. And then you have for the Cardinals, you got Larry Fitzgerald. This game last year was boring. I really didn't watch that much of it. I, I watched it enough to pay attention to know what was going on. But it was it, it was ridiculous. It, it was boring. It was overcast. It looked as cruddy on TV as the play. I don't know what was worse, the weather or the sky or the play of the players. I, I'll say both. The inability of Arizona not to be able to get in the end zone could be a testament for the Redskins defense or Bruce Arians, you know, calling the plays and all that stuff. But anyway, Bruce Arians is no longer there. Steve Wilkes, who was the uh, defensive coordinator in Carolina is now the head coach of the Cardinals. So we'll see. There, there's a lot to be desired there, a lot to see. Uh, the Redskins haven't opened up against Arizona since 2002. When I saw them play uh, first game of the uh, Steve Spurrier nightmare, and then uh, the Redskins had their way with Arizona. I think only like in – since we've turned into the new millennium, I think the Redskins have lost to Arizona twice. Somebody might want to check me on that, but I do believe it it has only been twice. We don't go out to Arizona that much ever since they made the move to the NFC West back in 2002, but... I think we can conjure up some old rivalry there. Probably not anymore, but, eh, you know. But then you move on. Uh, a week later, the Redskins welcome the Indianapolis Colts and CBS Broadcasting for the first time to FedEx Field when the Redskins battle out against the Colts. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, we don't know. Frank Gore's no longer there. Um... Yeah, this has been a team that's been going in the backwards direction. They have a new head coach there as well, Frank Reich, uh, who's the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia. So we'll see what we get out of them. Um, you know, I think they'll be a little bit more prepared. Pagano was a defensive-minded coach. Defense struggled a lot last year. So we will see if Andrew Luck's even ready to go. I think he will be. 
Well, he needs to be because, you know, he's that. He's their man. So, yeah, of course. Big game. Early big game coming up after that Colts game. We play another number 12. Green Bay comes to FedEx Field where Aaron Rodgers is 1-2, 0-2 in the regular season at FedEx Field. No, I didn't stutter. Y'all know that to be true. If you look in your heart, you know it to be true. If you look at your facts, you know it to be true as well. Uh, only lost that playoff game to him. But it's be an interesting game as well. Mike McCarthy coming back. Aaron Rodgers um, coming off the injury from last season. Last time they were at FedEx Field, uh, the Redskins got the last laugh from that playoff la- loss. And Kirk Cousins threw probably the best game of his career. I say threw because it's what he did. Um, he threw in the wind. He made all the plays. Um so, and that was a fun game to watch. Uh, 42-24 victory over the Green Bay Packers on that night back in 2016 on Sunday Night Football. Then week four, you have the bye week really early. But you kind of make up for it because you got Thanksgiving in there. Then uh, you start getting into a lot of, uh, a lot more difficult. You get to play two playoff teams back-to-back. You have a Monday night game in the Bayou against the Nolan Saints. That was a good game last year. Uh, the Redskins came up just short. Uh, they really gave away the game uh, with about three minutes to go, up by two scores, let Drew Brees and company come back. I think it was a 15-point lead, so the Redskins let them get a two-point conversion to take an overtime and then we'll let's knock through the game-winning field goal. Um, I think we'll see more of the same. They do have those uh, dynamite running backs in Ingram and uh, Kamara. So maybe we can bring our firepower there. The Redskins have just struggled on Monday nights. Uh, last year, 0-2 on Monday night, and they were all on the road. And this is second consecutive season the Redskins won't have a Monday night game at FedEx Field. So schedule makers aren't that bad. Uh, next week, the following week, it'll be a short week, October 14th in week six, the Redskins welcome Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers to FedEx Field. And the one thing about this is the Redskins have never beaten Cam Newton. The Redskins have never haven't beaten the Panthers since 2006. And that was when Sean Taylor had that uh, look like a center field Willie Mays type catch uh, in the end zone for interception. That was when Jake DeLone was a quarterback. That's when the Redskins weren't white at home. That's when Joe Gibbs was still playing, uh, excuse me, still coaching. And uh, so that, that's been a good portion of 12 years. That's crazy. So we'll see. Um, they ca- they're coming off a wild card berth in the playoffs last year. I, I don't know if we're going to see more of the same. Redskins have always struggled against mobile quarterbacks as well, too. So we, we will see how that goes uh, for these guys. Um, August 21st, it, uh, October 21st, 425, the Dallas Cowboys. 
at FedEx Field. It is kind of nostalgic because for the first time since 1993, the Redskins and the Cowboys are going to be on CBS. So possibly we might get Jim Nance and Tony Romo. I like Kevin Harlan and Rich Gannon, but you might get these guys. Redskins haven't beat Dak Prescott, haven't beat Zeke Elliott, um, haven't won at home against Dallas and all of Jay Gruden's uh, tenure there. A lot of things downward spiraling against Dallas. Haven't beat them since the end of the 2015 season when that was just a throwaway game to get in the playoffs. The Redskins already clinched. It'll be an interesting game there. I look forward to seeing that one. Then we're staying in the division. We go up to uh, New York where we struggled last year. Could have been a win. Could have made it 500 on the season. But the cold air got to the skins and the Richards just fell out. uh, Let the bottom fall out of them on that one. Uh, This team has struggled over the last couple of appearances, last three appearances, playing against the Giants. Uh, the Thanksgiving game really wasn't that much of a struggle, but um, the Giants are always, for some reason, Redskins get fouled up there. Uh, they'll be in the Meadowlands, and then uh, we continue the following week. We enter November in Week Nine against the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, uh, another quarterback that the Redskins haven't beat. Good grief! What is with these um, NFC South? quarterbacks that we can't get through uh, to beat them. Third, uh, third pick in the 2008 draft, the MVP of the league a couple years ago. Uh, he led Atlanta to a possible Super Bowl. Wait a minute, that didn't happen. But um, last time we played in 2015, uh, overtime, Richians were driving and Kirk Cousin went empty gun, threw a pick to Alford where that ended the game for the Bergen and Gold there. So that we'll see where that is. That's going to be at FedEx Field. Uh, Atlanta's coming back to FedEx Field for the first time since 2012, I believe. It'll be a good game. Then Richkins get to go to Tampa Bay. First time since 2012 that they will be at Tampa Bay. Haven't seen Raymond James Stadium. Haven't seen that pirate ship in a long time. So we get to see Jameis Winston again. And um, I know Jameis remembers this game from his rookie season. It's the first time we're playing them in the regular season since his rookie season. Dirk Cutter down there. And you got to think about it. These guys remember what the Redskins did to them at FedEx Field. It was that you liked that game. Even though Kirk Cousins isn't there anymore, uh, they still have the sting of that. Deshaun Jackson, he's on the team there now. Um, see if his career can get revitalized. You know, he's got revenge on his mind against the Skins. So be an interesting matchup down there in Tampa, a place that the Redskins, let's say in the 2000s, 90s, knew very familiar or were very familiar with that. Area and the Redskins and the Bucks would just go back and forth. 
Then November 18th, uh, they will continue their AFC tour against the Houston Texans. Interesting about this game is it's going to be Deshaun Watson. Looking forward to seeing him in the nation's capital. Um, yeah, Hopkins as well as the wide receiver. And Redskins start out this series against the Texans back when they started in 2002 and started out 2-0 and against them, 1-1, and then won another one. Now the Redskins have uh, fallen off the wagon in 2010. The Redskins lost to the Texans. And then in 2014, the Redskins lost to the Texans. And one game was close. I remember this game back in 2010 when Schaub was a quarterback, him and Donovan McNabb dueling. I think they threw for like 900 combined yards or something like that. It was something ridiculous. And Graham Gano missed the field goal that would have won the game because this was still, I believe, sudden death. And he missed the field goal, and Neil Rackers went back down and kicked the field goal. I remember throwing my remote as I was in college at my uh, dresser drawer and shattered it. Only had the TV for probably less than a year. But uh, my roommate went out, bought a, a new one, a universal one. Then I finally put it together again. So pretty funny. Just a nice little story to tell you with that. And then week 12, get your turkey. Dallas at Dallas again for a second time in two in, in three years. The Redskins will be uh, entertaining us on Thanksgiving at Dallas. Um, I hope it's poor weather. I hope it's overcast. hope the sun doesn't shine because that's what Kirk Cousins' problem was. You can even see it on the TV. It was like shining right in his face. Um, 430 kickoff, probably from Joe Buck Troy Aikman. Uh, I will say this, though. I'm getting tired of seeing us on Thanksgiving. I just want to enjoy my turkey in peace. I don't need to go Black Friday shopping or Black Thanksgiving shopping mad and wanting to punch out some old lady because my team lost. But it, it could come to that. I don't want to threaten violence, but it, it's possible it could come to this. Either way, moving on. Week 13 at Philadelphia, Monday Night Football, second year in a row. Uh, that affair is going to be on. We don't really know who's going to be Sean McDonough. If Sean McDonough is going to be doing Monday Night Football, hope not. Um, Super Bowl champs, first time we're seeing them. Don't really know what to think of this one. I mean, we had won five consecutive games against them until last year when they swept us. So, I mean, they, they're on the up and up. But the, the advantage for the Skins is um, they do – it's going to be week 13. So this this team will probably be very different than week one. Both teams will be. Um, the, and this is part two of that sandwich I was talking about. Starts in uh, Dallas on that Thursday after Thanksgiving at Dallas at Philadelphia. 
part of three consecutive NFC East games. Then uh, December 9th, week 14, after a Monday night game, short week, Giants come into town. Uh, we played them already in October, so we'll f- close out that series. Um, been interesting. The top two teams in the AFC South last year were the Jaguars and the Titans. The next two teams that the Redskins play are the Jaguars and the Titans, uh, weeks 15 and 16 in that order. I don't know ten, uh, the game. We don't know what the schedule is going to look like for that Tennessee game because it's around the Christmas holiday um, at the Jaguars. Last time we were there, it was kind of interesting because that was 2010, I believe. And, yeah, because that would be eight years. I remember seeing us playing a team, uh, Mike Shannon's first year, Rex Grossman going home. And this team went up against David Garrard and uh, a team that if they had won out, they were going to the playoffs, Jack Del Rio's squad in Jacksonville but could not seal the deal. Redskins won in overtime. And I I can't remember what the guy's name was. Uh, Joe Joseph, I think that was the cat's name. Joe Joseph had two sacks in that game and then fell off. We thought, you know, we, we'd see him again, uh, but he fell off after that game, and he looked really good. Wish we could have saw more from him, but eight years, eight years ago that occurred. Then you're in the Music City for Christmas. You're going to visit your old friends. And, and well, this is an old friend reunion because Jacksonville has Niles Paul down. Um, but in Tennessee, Redskins will go. Uh, this is the game that I said I was going to be very mad at because I live about four and a half hours, five hours from uh, Nashville. Really wanted to go see this game. Then when I saw the schedule came out, I just said, crap. Um, but this is an interesting game. Marcus Mariota, the mobile quarterback. Uh, Brian Arakpo's on this team, who was the Redskins' first-round pick in 2009. Will Compton's down there. Mike Vrabel's in his first year uh, as head coach, former defense coordinator, former Super Bowl champion. Um, Mike Vrabel, I think he caught so many touchdowns. As a linebacker in the NFL, so it makes it very interesting. Uh, but this will be an interesting game. These AFC games, uh, interconference rivals, these interconference uh, chat, not rivals, but uh, challenges or however you want to call them. It's very, very interesting. Makes for um, compelling TV, uh, like most of the NFL. And closing out uh, the season for the first time since the NFL went to this, oh, we're going to play a straight division slate. Uh, the Redskins host the Eagles at the end of the season. So we that's what it's going to pan out to be. So just to go over that, at the Cardinals week one, hosting the Colts week two, Packers week three at FedEx Field, bye week in week four, at the Saints Monday night in week five, hosting the Panthers in week six, hosting Dallas in week seven uh, at the Giants in uh, week eight, 
Week 9, hosting the Falcons. 10, uh, we are at the Buccaneers. 11, hosting the Texans. Thanksgiving is Week 12 at Dallas. Following week, Week 13 at Philadelphia. We'll play Philadelphia twice in one month. Uh, week 14, you've got the Giants coming back to FedEx Field. Um, the week 15 is December 16th. It's the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's at Everbank Field. And then um, in Nashville, week 16, to uh, play the Titans. And then week 17 wraps it all up with Philadelphia. So it's possible this team. I, I look at the schedule, initial thought, look at it, maybe six and ten. Uh, John Kime has them at eight and eight. That's why they play these games. That's why we look at them. Uh, we, we'll see going forward how this team will react to this season. They're going to have valley moments. They're going to have mountaintop moments. So I look forward to seeing what the team can do. Um, like I said, it still looks like I, I don't know what this team's doing. We'll see. Maybe um, this schedule, as intimidating as it looks, can be manageable. And maybe the Redskins may come out and surprise us. Let me know your thoughts, though. We're going to take another quick break. We'll come back. Talk about Amir's uh, seven-round picks. And then talk about Bruce Allen and a poll that he was involved in. You're listening to the On the Warpath podcast. Back here for the last segment of On the Warpath, the podcast, y'all. Appreciate you hanging in there with us. Uh, shout out to my boy, Brad Ketrin. Uh, one of my guys, he uh, used to work with me. He's been listening to the podcast. He's a, a big Miami Hurricanes fan. Appreciate him listening. And apparently, if you have Podcast Attic, uh, you can access iTunes Podcast or Apple's Podcast, and you can actually find us there too. Remember, you can speak to Siri and ask her to play it as well. Appreciate the strength that you guys have been giving us here. Um, but... Thank you, Brad. Appreciate you, man. Uh, love you like a brother. But uh, the last part, there's two parts to this one. Uh, going over Amir's mock draft and just going over that briefly uh, because we did talk to this in, in great detail on Thursday night, and it's on YouTube. So if you guys want to take a look at it, it is on YouTube, on the Warpath. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, sus- submit or um, whatever you like to do, just make sure you follow us. We really appreciate it. As I, I'm pulling up um, the draft here that he has, big thing. Uh, we talked about defensive linemen being a, a question for uh, the Redskins. Running back's a big question. Uh, Saquon Quan Barkley's not going to fall past probably uh, top, fall out top five, maybe not even the top seven. So we thought about Vita Bay. He thought about Vita Bay. These aren't my picks. These are uh, the On the Warpath picks as presented by Amir because 
God bless him. He does a lot of work on this, y'all. And uh, I appreciate his uh, efforts to make sure we know um, who the Redskins might be looking at. But with the first pick uh, in the 2018 NFL draft, the Washington Redskins select Darius Geis, running back from LSU. And I got really happy about it. A lot of people saying this is a reach. I don't really like to talk about reaches because I don't think it's anything. What's a reach? Yeah, you went too high up. But you, you, is it a reach for potential or actuality? Right now, it's just a reach for potential. And these guys are either boom or bust or somewhere in the middle. Uh, so I hate to use that term, reach. Go with the guy you need. If it happens to be the best player on the board, either go with the guy you need or the best player on the board. This is what it is. Because either way, you're going to have to wind up paying this guy eventually. So Darius Geis, uh, the running back out of LSU, 20 years old. Uh, Amir told an uh, interesting story about him. He's like Superman. He went and saw an accident when he was back in Louisiana and tried to uh, – he kept on punching the door to get somebody out of it, punching the window, trying to punch the glass out. So – he shows that he he is a uh, good character kid. Redskins really haven't had a run. But, yes, I will say this. And I'll just praise Miami. Uh, but I think the Redskins haven't had a consistently good running back since Stephen Davis. Yeah, that's right. I, I skipped Clinton Portis. Clinton Portis is a close second. But I think with his injuries... So I was kind of put off of his attitude, whether it was Jim Zorn's fault or, or whatnot. There's a reason why Mike Shanahan got rid of him. Then Mike Shanahan got rid of him for a second down. Matt Beeritzian's great. Just not a big fan of him. Love Santana Moss. Love Sean Taylor. Not a big fan of Clint Porters. Um, you know, I don't want him doing any of that rogue business going out trying to break people's kneecaps uh, for money because he's broke, but you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, Darius Geis, like this kid. Um, he slowed down by uh, injuries last year, but he's got the burst. He doesn't go down on the first tackle. Uh, this is somebody who could be instant day one starter for the Skins uh, because you're going to go from having a group of guys to having the guy with Darius Geis. I, I really do believe that. So there's a good pick there. Um, I agree with Amir. And then Amir went on to the second round, the defensive tackle um, out of uh, Virginia Tech, Tim Settles from Manassas, Virginia. So another local guy to put on that defensive line at pick 44. Big guy, plug up the line, drawing comparisons to Vince Wolfork. And uh, I'll, we'll see. We, we will see. Uh, that's my big thing. I say we will see on that one. But I'd like for the Skins to pick that guy up, uh, address the need to get a legitimate nose tackle because we haven't had nose tackles. We've had uh, four, three defensive tackles playing uh, a three, four nose tackle. We had Barry Cofield. Um, we thought Phil Taylor could have been the stopgap there. He's hurt. He was hurt. Uh, he's back in the fold, though. And. You also have Ioannidis trying to play that spot. Uh, Kedrick Golston trying to play that spot. There's been a lot of guys with a failed experiment there. 
So we need to legitimately get that. And I think we can get that with Tim Settle. Not Settles. If I might have said it with an S. It's like Larry Michael. No S with Larry Michael. Round three. And our pick is going to be Alex Smith. Quarterback. Uh, University. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. University of Utah, right? Yeah. It's Utah. Um, the Ute. Because it was traded away from Kendall Fuller. Uh, round four, he's got Duke Dawson. Uh, he was a guy who is from Florida. Um, they say he played really well against Calvin Ridley, I believe. It's kind of shut down on him uh, at pick 109 in uh, round four. Five, you get two picks. Uh, White Taylor from Virginia Tech as well. And the dude has flowing locks. He looks like a lineman. He looks like a football player, like John Gruden would say. Also, they try uh, again at the offensive line, pick up Joel Noteboom, Noteboom, and whether he's going to bring the boom. Offensive tackle from TCU. So we'll we'll see about that. Um, Tyler Conklin from Central Michigan. This guy, he looks like the guy, go caveman, but I think he could be, um, could, could possibly fill in as a run blocker. And we need a run blocking tight end there. Um, wrapping up the seventh round, you've got Parker uh, Cawthorn from Penn State, um, risen from Alabama, uh, not the state, not the University of. And he also has Trey Flowers, not the one you're thinking of. Uh, it is another Trey Flowers from Oklahoma State. So I'm bringing a cowboy in there. Uh, these are picks they had. Uh, so just to review that, you've got uh, pick 13, round one, Geis, Settle, pick two, excuse me, round two, pick 44, nothing in uh, round three. Unless there's a trade. He didn't factor in trades here. Also round four, uh, 109 pick uh, Duke Dawson. Round five, you've got uh, pick 142, White Teller. Pick 163 in round five, Joel Noteboom. Uh, round six, pick 205, Tyler Conklin. Uh, round seven, 231, Parker uh, Cawthorn. And then uh, pick Mr. Relevant for the Redskins, pick 241. You've got Trey Flower Safety, Oklahoma State. Uh, nice, solid balance there. Amir did a great job on this, uh, picking up where we need need. And then picking up some pet projects like uh, the defensive end, uh, Cawthorn from Penn State. Could be a pet project of Jim Tom Sula. So I I, I like this. And I kind of lied to you guys. We are going to take one more break. We're going to wrap it up with Bruce Allen and his survey. Where does he rank? according to the USA Today, in trustworthiness and preparedness when dealing with agents. You probably guessed it. He gets failing great. But it's the On the Warpath podcast, and we'll be right back. You ever grow up 
watching cartoons. You ever watch Jackie Chan Adventure? Uh, had this uh, character on there called Uncle. It was Jackie's uncle. He always uh, would hit Jackie on the forehead, and because Jackie would think he's always uh, done talking, and he'd always be like, "One more thing." So we got one more thing here for you. Uh, USA Today released a poll of NFL agents, and Bruce Allen uh, is in the news again. He gets low marks on preparedness and trust. Uh, Jared Bell, Lindsey Jones have been polling agents this year, according to the article, to get a sense how they view the league's teams and executives and issues as it relates to labor. Um 25 agents responded to a series of questions uh, with some choosing to abstain. Uh, so it's like politics pretty much. Uh, but most of them did provi- uh, provide their opinions. I wonder if Drew Rosenhaus in here. And all agents participated under condition that they would be anonymous because these were some sensitive questions. Like I said, um, when I... Uh, Made mention of this in the last segment, in the first segment. Um, Bruce Allen. They asked the the team, which decision maker owner do you uh, respect the most? Bruce ain't on there. Uh, which ones do you least trust? They got Mike Brown, the owner of the Bengals, um, John Elway. Denver Broncos GM, Mike Tannenbaum, who's with the Jets. Now he's with the Miami Dolphins. Bruce Allen, the president of the Washington Redskins. Now don't act like you're surprised. You, y'all know you shouldn't be surprised by this right now. I don't even think his wife can trust him. His brother's a sleazebag. Daddy was very paranoid, great head coach, but had a lot of paranoia. And I don't know how true this is, but Amir said the man's trying to run for governor. Um, I live in Virginia. I wouldn't want him to be my governor because I can't even trust my little football team. What in the world would I trust him running my state? And didn't they also go in to ask a question on which team is prepared during contract negotiation times? Best. Eagles, uh, excuse me, 49ers, improving. Best, Eagles, won a Super Bowl. Best, Patriots, won a couple Super Bowls. Bill Belichick, runner-up last year. Four, Broncos, won a Super Bowl in the last few years. Five, Packers, won a Super Bowl uh, this decade. What's the commonality? They're improving. You got all these teams that visited the Super Bowl, have participated in the Super Bowl in the last eight years. Four of them have won it. But then when you go over to the opposite side, worst, uh, you got the Bengals, the Browns, the Redskins, the Bears, the Jets, the Raiders. What's common in that? These teams all suck. The Bengals couldn't get out of the first round of the playoffs. The Browns 
Haven't won but one game in two years. The Redskins. Where do we start? The Bears. Where do we start? The Jets. Butt fumble. The Raiders. Al Davis. Mark Davis's haircut. But it goes back to the Redskins, though. They're sitting there at three. Um, not surprising. It's the reason why uh, Jonathan Hankins and DRC didn't sign on that quick. Maybe their agents are having second thoughts about that. I mean, well, I'll say this question, why aren't the Redskins attracting free agents? Now we know why. Um, I'm not saying that all free agents are good. Um, you know, it makes me wonder what what's wrong with Paul Richardson now? Uh, what's wrong with Alex Smith? Because I know Alex Smith might got some issues there because he thought this team wants to win, not with Bruce Allen. This this is the clown that let me just go in on Bruce Allen here real quick, if you don't mind. Entertain me for a minute. This is the incompetent fool that had the nerve to say, eh, we're not winning on the field, but we're winning off the field. What the hell does that mean? Are you serious? Is he playing Madden? In his office. We're winning off the field. Who says What winner says that? We're winning off the field. He's over 20 games below 500. He came in there to replace another chump in Vinny Serrato and has not done a damn thing. At least Vinny Serrato won a playoff game. And then you have Dan Snyder saying who he's reportedly very frustrated with Bruce that he's so mad that he would reassign him. Well, I'm just going to tell you something. That's like putting your kid in timeout. He's going to come back to you. But until you whoop his ass, you don't know. You ain't getting anything out of that kid. Now, I know we don't do that anymore. Got CPS and everything. But somebody needs to whoop Bruce Allen's ass. That should be Dan Snyder. Because he's daddy. He should be at least. But. I don't. I, I mean none of this surprises me. The only thing that surprises me is that Bruce Allen still has a job. How he handled the Kirk Cousins situation. Where he called him Kurt all the time. Didn't even bother to correct his name. Um, how he handled the Scott McLuhan thing, the whole situation to demonize that man, the man who possibly could be responsible for rebuilding the Cleveland Browns. You let the man go because he had an alcohol problem. And I always said that I said this was Sue, Sue Cravens on one of my earlier episodes. Recognize, intelligent people recognize talent. People who invest in talent or once-in-a-lifetime talent or, or recognize something that somebody does very well, even with their shortcoming, they will do everything in their power to make sure they can help this person. No, we're going to demonize him. And that's what they did. I get physically ill when I look at Bruce Allen. When he speaks, I want to vomit all over the place. 
I want to legitimately look at my Redskin hoodie and throw up on it because this clown is still running this team. This crap with Alex Smith. Doug Williams is supposed to be the player uh, personnel guy, the VP of uh, player personnel. Hey, don't answer your phone. I'll tell you more in the morning. Where the hell was he at when you were making this decision? Why was he in bed? If he's supposed to be your personnel guy, why the hell is he in bed? Why are you texting him in the middle of the night? So this lends credence to it. And you know this is embarrassment. You know Dan Snyder sees this. What you going to do, Danny boy? What in the world are you going to do? Get rid of this sorry sack of dog shit now. Bruce Allen is a clown. He's got to go. Virginia voters got George out. You sure as hell can get Bruce out. Don't reassign him. What sense does that make? This is like if you have somebody in your family, right, who goes through drug rehab. We'll say prescription pills. And they keep on abusing prescription pills. But you leave your prescriptions in the medicine cabinet all the time. And they keep on going back the same, doing the same thing. And you don't give them help. This is what the Redskins are doing. Bruce Allen is that pill addict. No, because I feel sorry for a person with addiction. I don't feel sorry for Bruce Allen. Bruce Allen's just a fool. He's got to go. That's why we see these hashtags. Fire Bruce Allen. I've preached it. B. Middleton's preached it. When's the time going to come? When is Dan Snyder going to put on his big boy pants and realize I need to fire this guy because he's making me look bad? I don't need him anywhere near my team. I don't give a damn what his dad did. That's his dad. His dad did that. He didn't do anything but run this team into the ground. This is the same guy who puts up a fight. Oh, we're not going to wear those garish color rush uniforms. Who the hell cares if you're wearing all yellow on a Thursday night? Not me. I just care if you win. I don't care. That's why I wear t-shirts everywhere. That's why I wear t-shirts to work. That's why I wear jeans. I'm comfortable. On dress-up day, I participate. Beach bum day, well, you know, I don't really wear all that. I'll put on some flamingo shorts. Put on a bright green shirt. Put on some Crocs. Do I wear this all the time? No. But I'm wearing it because, you know, it's the flavor of the day. Show your spirit, Bruce. Stop worrying about what your team looks like. Those damn yellow pants. I hate those pants because they remind me of you. They make me sick. That's how I feel inside. 
You know why he got yellow pants with the Redskins again? Because he keeps on pissing away the Redskins. He keeps on pissing on them. That's exactly what he's doing. I'm getting sick of it. Getting sick of Bruce Allen. It's an atrocity. One quick thing, though. Talk about Bruce Allen. Dan Snyder. I don't know if you guys saw this one uh, before I wrap up here. Guy wrote him, said, hey, need to keep Kirk Cousins, the current Minnesota Vikings quarterback. Sent that back in November, December, I think. Dan trolled the hell out of him. Don't really have respect for Dan Snyder that much, but I know he's a necessary evil to all this call, but uh, Amir enjoyed it. I told him he's going to be part of the new Dan Snyder fan club coming um, coming up pretty soon. But uh, he sent sent him, sent this guy a full uh, portrait of him with sign HTTR and put Dan's uh, signature on there. I don't even think Dan Snyder signed it. He probably had his secretary sign it. They probably put a stamp or something. You know, rich people don't sign anything anymore. They sign one little thing, and then their folks do um, do the stamp in there. Went to the doctor this week, and they didn't sign anything. Had to print off the letter so I could take it to work. That's what they do now. People don't have any, these busy people don't have time to sign papers. That was pretty funny. I thought it was really funny, but. Going back to everything here. Bruce Allen sucks. Um, he needs to get fired. I have not prayed for somebody to lose their job. Don't like to see people lose their Bruce Allen needs to lose his job. If anybody else was a bad... If you were a fry cook at McDonald's and the fries came out cold all the time and they showed you how to do it. You saw how other people around you do it and do it right. But you keep on doing the same thing and think it's going to work. Ain't going to work. Ain't going to work. Bruce Allen ain't going to work in Washington. Doesn't need to. But y'all know, like I always say, we'll see. And we will see with that. But I'm done here for today. This evening. This afternoon wherever you are. Appreciate you listening on the Warpath. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube. If you listen to us iTunes, make sure you rate us. And uh, if you got any input you want to put, shoot me a message through YouTube. Let's find us. We'd love to have you on here. We're getting bigger. As always, like I say here, um, Love you guys very much. Appreciate the support you give us. And as we always say here, love, peace, and hail. And we'll be talking to you real soon. I'm Sanchez 405. I'm out.